Good morning, church. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, to take this time to, to welcome everybody here this morning, and I'm certainly glad to see you. I uh, also want to take this time to extend a warm welcome to Todd and Kim. I just saw them in the audience this morning, and so we extend out a warm welcome to you and on behalf of the congregation uh, and all the work that you guys did while you were here. So, okay. All right. Let's see. We'll see how well our stuff works. Oh, okay. Very good. <laughs> I can even read it. <laughs> uh, this morning, I want to have a, a conversation with you about reaching out, what that all involves and, and the importance of, of doing that. And in doing that, won't you take a moment at this time and think about the time when you were baptized, Okay. Take a moment. Think about, okay. If you're like me, it's going to take a little while. Uh, but think about the time when you were baptized, okay? Now, think about the events that actually led up to you being baptized, okay? And then, then also think about the people who were involved in your baptism, in other words, which helped you become baptized. It could be parents. It could be friends. Uh, it could be relatives, it could be lots of different people. Okay? But, but think about that. You know, as I think about my own, uh, I'll share mine with you. Uh, I was 17 years old. Okay? I had just graduated from high school that, at the, end of the beginning of that summer, uh, at the end of the school year. And uh, I was here in Kansas City. I grew up here in Kansas City. And I was uh, working at the State Highway Commission, getting ready to uh, go to college that fall in Rolla, where I was going to major in civil engineering. And uh, during that summer, uh, you know, my background in church was, for the most part, I went every Easter. I had an Easter suit. I got a new suit every year, Easter suit. <laughs> Some of you might be able to relate to that. Uh, and my parents would never go. They would always send us. So, but, you know, but we had a good moral upbringing, and, and I appreciate my parents for that and what they did. But during that summer, uh, that, summer that was the summer I met Kathleen. And what happened was uh, Kathleen was living in, in Pontiac, Michigan. You know where Pontiac, Michigan is. It's just outside of uh, the uh, outside of Detroit. And uh, her uncle, who lived right around the corner from her, her uncle and aunt, uh, were up visiting uh, uh, her parents, which was her, you know, her sister. Her uh, sister and brother, that was her... Well, you, you got the guy. You got the idea. <laughs> uh, but anyway, they had a, 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 a cousin of... Well, they had someone in their family, <laughs> put it that way, who they were spending the summer with them here in Kansas City. And they extended to, to Kathleen the opportunity to come to Kansas City to spend the summer with her, to spend some time with her, because she was all down here by herself. And they thought it would be a great idea. Of course, Kathleen did not, wasn't too excited about it, as I recall. She's saying no. <laughs> and so, uh, but anyway... She agreed 
to, to come down that summer to, to visit with us, to visit with uh, her uh, uncle and aunt. And during that summer, that's when I actually met her. And, uh, and, uh, and make the story short, you know, we, 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 we had a couple of dates until her father found out that she was seeing some guy here in Kansas City. Then he said, honey, you need to come back because you need to teach vacation Bible school. <laughs> so he cut that off real quick. But that, that still didn't stop us. Because <laughs> I came up and saw her that Christmas. So anyway. But, uh, and then, but later, that, after she went back to, to Pontiac, Michigan, I, uh, I, uh, I continued to study classes with her uncle and aunt, who lived right around the corner from me. They had these little lessons that I would do every week, and I would fill them out. Some of you may remember some of those type of deals that they had back then. You fill out the little lesson, and then you go back to them, and you sit down with them. They grade it and go over it with you, and that's how you learn learned about the Bible. It worked. At the end of that summer, I was baptized uh, just before I went to, to college. And when I got to college, I got in touch with the the Rolla Church of Christ there in Rolla, and I was attending there as well. So, and and that was back in 1971. So that was a long time ago. But I tell you all of that, and I ask you to think about yours too, for the reason of ask yourself this question: What if Kathleen's aunt and uncle did not reach out to Kathleen? What if? Kathleen's aunt and uncle did not reach out to me to establish those lessons. I don't know if I ever would have been introduced to the Bible, at least the Church of Christ in that sense. I don't know if I ever would have obeyed the gospel. But it was a result of someone reaching out. Okay? And it's important that we, that we reach out. Because, if, you know, the effects of that reaching out go widespread. Uh, if Kathleen and I had never met, Jerome would be leading songs this morning. <laughs> uh, nor would I have a, another son, Jason, as well, who, who was in the service. So it impacts so many different things. And most likely, I may not be here today myself. I may have been someplace else, took a different path. So the, the importance of reaching out is important for what we do and and how we go about our lives. Okay? Now, let's kind of, let's, let's switch directions. Reaching out, how does that relate to our, our vision? Our vision statement. Now, for those of you who don't know about our vision statement, and I'm sure it's in the upper right-hand corner of our bulletin every week. <laughs> and you can see it in there every week. Uh, it's, uh, let me just read to you what it says. It says, uh, our vision, this was put together uh, some time ago. You, some of you probably know more, you know more about it than I do because I don't think I was here when we you know, this put together. But it's a good vision statement. I was impressed with it. Always have been. It says, to be a focused church led by God's spirit with an engaging community atmosphere and dynamic worship environment that seeks out the unchurched builds up and inspires our members to serve Jesus and share the gospel. Okay. Now, I've highlighted a couple of red words in there because I wanted to emphasize that. An engaging community atmosphere. And one of the things that a, a local church 
what we should always do is reach out to our community. If you look at our location here in Kansas City, we have a great location. We're right off of Interstate I-29. We have, we're right in between downtown and the airport. We have a lot of different variety of people uh, that live around our, our area. Uh, a lot of different diversity. There's lots of things here that people, we can, that's our community. If you draw a circle around that, that represents the community. <clears throat> so it's important for us to, to reach out to that community. And a smart church, smart local church, will do that. We will look at the things that, that, those, those, that are needs in that commu- our community, and we will address that. So uh, in our vision, we talk about an engaging community atmosphere. Okay. That's what we want, and that's what we will try to, to establish here. Okay. Uh, a dynamic worship environment. Uh, that's the preaching, the praying, the song leading. I'll give a shout-out to my son. Yeah. yeah. He's, <laughs> he's a good song leader. I appreciate him. But I also appreciate all the other brothers and everybody else who participates in, in our worship service who, who have made it, made it exceptional. Good preaching. You know, right now we don't have a preacher, but that's okay. We have brethren that can step up to the bat and do that. And a congregation, quite frankly, you know, uh, we should be able to operate without a preacher, without any real missteps, actually, because our, the way we should operate and the way we should do things uh, should just run just as smooth with a preacher or without a preacher. So, and for our congregation to be healthy and strong, that's what we're striving to do. Then it talks about, uh, seeks out the unchurched. There's the reaching part. Okay. We have to reach out, you know. I can stand up here on this stage and, and talk to you like this, or I can come off the stage and have a conversation with you and sit down with you. It's a lot different. You get a, you'll get a totally different perspective when I do that. Uh, builds up and inspires. I mean, who wants to come to a church service where you, you, you leave out less inspired than you were when you first came? We should build each other up, encourage one another. A lot of times we, we do just the opposite. So we always have to work on making sure that we build each other up. And ultimately, the main thing is to serve Jesus and share the gospel. That's the most important thing. But the ultimate goal of sharing the gospel and bringing as many, bring, and bring and encourage as many people as we can to have a relationship with Jesus. Now, you talk about having a relationship with Jesus. Okay, what's the, what's the important thing about having a relationship with Jesus? Well, scriptures teach us that no man comes to the Father except through the Son, right? Okay? In other words, if you want salvation, if you want to have a home in heaven, unless you have a relationship with Jesus, it's not going to happen. So we have to put that up high. And if you've been attending our class on Sunday mornings, he was, uh, Mark was out of town today. He'll be back next week. He's been talking about uh, a class on happiness, what happiness is all about. And so one of the other things that we, we can benefit from having a relationship with Jesus is happiness and peace. Okay? 
we can have peace in our life. We always want peace in our life. Uh, relationship with Jesus, that comes first. And the other thing about this is that you have to understand that if you don't do these things in this order, you won't get to the bottom. You won't get to happiness. Bottom line. A lot of people try to go about happiness by doing things or searching in the wrong places, as they say sometimes, uh, and you end up short. True happiness comes from, first, having a relationship with Jesus, two, establishing peace with God first, okay? Under submitting yourself, you submit to Christ as a God, follow his teachings, you develop peace with God. Then you can have peace with yourself. And then finally you can have peace with others. If you try to do that in any other order, you're going to fall short. Because the relationship with Jesus and peace with God, that sets the, the foundation, the basics of which we must build off of in order to be happy. You'll never achieve true happiness without going through all four of those steps. All right. Next, I want to show you a, a film. Uh, I, I, there you go. I'm telling off my age. A film. Uh, video. <laughs> That's okay. I want to show you a video that talks about how we can reach out. Okay? And it's a very short video, about maybe about three minutes. So uh, bear with me and we'll see what you think. The most motivating thing of all for us, and this may not mean anything to you. This may be like a big so what do you. But I, this is so huge to us. You see, as I've evaluated, we've been in group a long time now. As I've evaluated our history, I'm convinced of this for me and for you. If you're in group life, I believe that being in a community group that's committed to me for a year to 18 months and dividing a year, and 18 months and dividing. I'm convinced that if we stay in community group and keep leading groups, that group Give Sandra and I more potential to impact more people directly and indirectly than anything else we can do together or alone, including my preaching on Sunday mornings. I believe that together by being involved in groups, Sandra and I have the potential to impact more people directly and indirectly in their relationship with Christ than anything else we could do together or that I could do by myself. Let me explain it to you this way. Let me ask you some questions. The first one you do know the answer to. How many of you? Plan to be alive nine years from now. You, you think you make it another nine years? This guy over here asked his wife. She said it's okay to raise his hand. Okay, now here's the question you don't have an answer to. Okay, we're, well, you know, everybody's basically thinking, okay, I got another good nine years in me. Here, here, here's the next two questions. First question is this How many people do you plan to influence for Christ directly or indirectly in the next nine years? How many people? You go, I don't know. I never thought about it. Okay, here's the next question. You probably don't have an answer to. What's your plan for impacting people in their relationship with God, their relationship with Christ over the next nine years? What's your plan? Well, like if somebody comes up and says, how can I become a Christian? I would tell them. Well, that's a plan. Okay. Um, I'll, um, I don't know, honk my horn going out of the neighborhood on Sunday morning. You know, we're going to church. I, I don't I don't have a plan. You know, who's, I don't have, that's a silly question. Those are preacher questions. You leave me alone. I don't have any numbers. I don't have a plan. I'm just going to live my life and be a good example. You know, how about I put a fish on the back? You know, I don't have a plan. Okay. 
I understand that. So, so let me let me let me share something with you, okay? Until you come up with a plan, or until you come up with a better plan, would you just consider this plan? This plan is simple. You don't have to sing, dance, learn to play the guitar, speak in public, you know, juggle. Not, you don't have to learn anything new. Listen to this. Did you know that if you will simply get in a community group and allow God to do what he wants to do in you and through you, and then at the year, end of a year or 18 months, start a new group and do that for another year, 18 months to start a new group. Did you know in nine years you would have impacted directly or indirectly over 640 people? Now, if you've got a better nine-year plan, run your plan, share it with me. We'll you know, spend a weekend talking about it. But until you come up with a plan, why not do that? That simply by being in, just by participating in the system, you would have been a part of, by being in a group and just doing this for the next nine years, you're going to do something, right? You would have been a, a part. And, and you say, these aren't just fictitious numbers to me because I've been doing this for over nine years. And as Sandra and I look at the leaders in groups and the hundreds of people that are in groups as a result of our first group, this is a reality. Andy Stanley, he's a, a minister, and uh, he was just explaining the impact of having small groups. He called them community groups. They go by lots of different names. They're not new. They're not certainly not new. Uh, you go back and the whole... Early church, you know, uh, Christians met in homes. So uh, we have examples of small groups going back way back to the very, the very beginning of the church itself. Uh, but what I'd like to do, and we've done it here too, from my understanding, we've had small groups uh, activity here at uh, Heartland before. We call them life groups, care groups, maybe some other names as well. But uh, you know, the bottom line is that uh, no matter what you do, we grow, we develop, we become more uh, uh, connected when we interface in small groups. Okay? You really can't get everything you need on Sunday morning. If you're, if the scope of what you're doing as, you know, and Sunday morning's good. Don't don't stop coming because I just said that. <laughs> uh, Sunday morning is good, but if you really want to fully embrace what Jesus is teaching us, you need we need more. Okay, we need to do more. And uh, as a result of that, you know, uh, a group of us have been meeting. We talked about Wednesday night uh, Bible class uh, maybe a month or two ago. Uh, we were trying to figure out what we wanted to do at that point, something different. And one of the, and what we came up with is the idea of moving towards small groups. And, you know, and during that discussion, uh, when we said we would move away from just a Wednesday night traditional Bible class, uh, it was like I, I was standing in front of the class. I was uh, help, I was actually facilitating it more than anything. Uh, I was uh, looking in the class and I saw it's like I was looking at deer eyes when I said that. When somebody, <laughs> people, the eyes kind of glassed over. Some some embraced it. Some had some concerns. That that's typical for any any, any group of uh, people that you you when you start talking about change you you run into things like that. But uh, we decided to go to small group type meetings and. Uh, the more we talked about it, the more people got on board with it that were attending, the, that were in the session. And they got to thinking about 
not so much about the fact that we were going to lose a Wednesday night Bible class, and we started they started looking at all the other things that they were going to gain, which is all different types of small groups, different types of things that would interest people, that would draw people. So you went from having just a, a single Wednesday night Bible class to the situation where you could have multiple classes on Wednesday night, multiple classes any night of the week. You could have them any, at other people's homes. You could have them in church buildings. You could have them in restaurants. You could have them in, at work. There's lots of different things you could do. Okay, And uh, so there's lots more options that, that's out there. And, uh, you know, and you notice that on the, on, the, on the board there that the word reach is, uh, is highlighted in red. And that's one we could have called ourselves small group, but I hope I don't embarrass you, Leslie. <laughs> Leslie said, why not just use the word reach? I like that word. And it, it, it's, it stuck with us. And so we've, we've adopted the word as reach groups because we want to reach out to people. In other words, that's what we're all about. If we don't do that, we're not fulfilling what, what, what Jesus and the Father wants us to do. Okay? And so if we turn over to the next slide here, you know, we, this is our purpose. This is the purpose we came up with. And a lot of the stuff that we're talking about, small groups, we didn't necessarily just come up with these ideas ourselves. We, we looked out in different uh, locations, what other people have been doing. Actually, we got the reach name from a church that's in Highland, Tennessee. Memphis, Tennessee. Okay. Highland Church of Christ. <laughs> okay. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, so we pull from other sources. You know, a lot of times you don't have to reinvent the wheel when you really do something. Okay. And so, uh, so we did that. And we also said that we didn't want to just do a complete plan and remake of everything. We decided that that what we're going to do is just start where we are, because we got groups already. We'll talk about some of those in a second. And uh, they're already active. Uh, they're not necessarily what we call small groups, but they are. Okay. Uh, then there's other groups that we would like to see happen, and we'll talk about those as well. But our purpose is this, to meet the needs of the people God has placed in our community. That goes back to that circle around our building, all the people that are around our building, and the emphasis on meeting the needs of the people. Everybody has needs. I'm not talking about money needs or things like that. I'm talking about, well, we have those too. But I'm talking about spiritual needs, the desire to have companionship, feel belonged, and the need to be saved, actually. That's the first one at the top. But people have needs. And so if we're a smart local congregation, we're going to reach out to those people. And not only out to those people, but the people within our own congregation as well. Okay? Uh, let me continue on with it. Uh, both within and outside our church who are hungry for love, purpose, and life transformation in their lives. We accomplish this through the use of reach groups. Okay? that focus on five biblical purposes from the Great Commission and the Great Commandment, okay? Now, you take a look at the, the Great Commission, okay? That's over in Matthew 28, 19 and 20. It says, 
Go therefore and baptize, uh, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I, I am with you and always to the very end, to the end of the ages. Here Paul, not Paul, but Jesus was speaking to the, the remaining 11 disciples that were, uh, this was shortly after he was resurrected. And he was basically giving them a charge to go out and preach the word. Okay? Then, you take a look at the, the great commandments. It's over in Matthew 22, verses 37 through 40. Uh, here, Jesus was being, he was being tested. He was being tested by the, by the Sadducees and Pharisees. They were trying to twist him up. And because uh, they asked him the question, they said, you know, the question was, what is the greatest commandment of all? so many words and Jesus responded to them and said you shall love your, the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind this is a great and first commandment and a second is like it you shall love your neighbor as yourself on these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets those are their, and those you know I can safely say those are the two highest things for us as well to love the Lord and love our neighbor. And one of the ways we love the Lord and one of the ways we love our neighbor is reaching out to them, making sure that their needs are being met. It's not okay to be isolated and sit here every Sunday and not reach out to anybody. Here's another question for you while we're on this. Think about, and don't answer the question out loud, uh, think about all the people in, you, in your life that you have affected and brought to Christ. Don't answer that now. I just want you to think about it. Think about it. How many of you actually touched? Okay. Now, the video that we saw, Andy Stanley, he was uh, basically saying that through small groups, it's an easy way to, to, to accomplish that. Okay. Because through small groups, we, we have that kind of interface. Okay. And so uh, it's a good way to, to reach out to people, okay? And uh, so uh, the five biblical principles that uh, purposes that we talk about or I want to go through are these all come from the great commandment and the uh, uh, the great the commission, the great commandments and the great commission. Okay. Uh, and there's what we're proposing to do is. Uh, is in our small groups to make sure that we do each one of these activities, fellowship, discipleship, ministry, evangelism, and worship. Doesn't mean you have to do it every time the group meets, okay? Okay? Because there are going to be different types of, types of groups that we'll have. Actually, we've actually expanded it beyond what most people do. But you can see there that uh, 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 those are the key elements that are important that people need to, to, to hear and see. And we'll do it in a relaxed environment, okay? Uh, again, like in your home, if you're more comfortable at, a build, at the building, you're certainly welcome to use the building. Uh, if you want to go do it someplace else, you can do it there as well, okay? But the idea is, you know, and if you know people, every, all of us, all of us have friends, right? Everybody got friends? Okay. My wife accusing me of never having friends. 
But uh, we all have friends, and uh, it's a very easy way to, and I want a very comfortable way for you to, to do this, okay? Uh, we don't want to push something on, on you that you're not comfortable doing. Uh, uh, what we would like to see is that you, uh, you know, you reach out to those, maybe you have another couple here in the congregation that you are very close to, and you spend time with them on a regular basis. You do that automatically. Uh, what I would ask you to do is maybe pick another couple that you would feel comfortable with, and then uh, one of the things that we want to be able to do is to reach out to others, too. You may start off with just the, some of the people that, you, that you're comfortable with as part of your small group and start that way. But one of the elements in our efforts to, uh, to develop and promote the small groups is to include evangelism in it, okay? In other words, we don't want you just to pick the folks in the congregation that you're comfortable with. We want you to reach out to others. Once you have a, a group there that, that you're comfortable with, then perhaps there's someone, that, someone in that group knows that, hey, this other couple may want to come in and participate in our small group session, okay, uh, and be a part of that. And that's how we, that's how we grow. And that's how we reach out to other people. We reach out to people who, who are within our framework. I'm not asking you to go stand on the corner and hand out pamphlets. I'm asking you to reach out to people you know, in other words, uh, like Kathleen's aunt and uncle around the corner. They reached out to me. They didn't really know me personally, but they knew who I was. Of course, you know, I, I was dating there. Well, <laughs> that kind of helped the cause, too. But the idea is that, you know, we, 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 we create each one of these elements within our small group, and we embrace that. This is something that we didn't come up with this. Another group came up with this idea of this uh, five biblical purposes, but it, it really fits, and we, were, we really embraced it as a, as a small group. Uh, the different types of groups that we're looking at having. We're looking at having a, uh, a you know, a Bible study group. That's the traditional approach to it. And a Bible, you know, and then we're also looking at a ministry. And this, these other three, ministry, service, and fellowship, they're a little different. Most, most uh, congregations who deal with small groups may or may not necessarily do those three. But we thought they would still fit because... Uh, they, they, you know, it's okay to have a, a, a small group that fits around the ministry. Uh, 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 Nate's going to come up in a little while and talk to us about the Hillcrest, a proposed Hillcrest ministry. What it does is it brings people involved in that, more people involved in that ministry, as well as addresses the five, five steps. Uh, same thing with service and fellowship. Uh, Bible study. It's basically what it says it is. It's a Bible study. Uh, you know, it focuses on the, the scriptures for the most part. And uh, the purpose of it is to developing a better understanding of God's word and how to apply it in our lives. That's traditional. Uh, the other two, like I said, other three rather, uh, ministry, service, and fellowship groups, those are, are groups that, that are more special interests, but we can still accomplish what we need to do. Uh, some of our groups are just fellowship groups, uh, and uh, we'll talk about some of those as well. 
But, you know, that, that again gets back to taking care of the basic needs. Okay. And I'm probably going over on time, but uh, the existing groups, uh, here's a list of some of the groups that we already have. These are not necessarily, quote, quote, we, what we would call our small groups. Some of them may have been started as a small group. I don't know. But uh, uh, those are some existing groups that are, that are currently there right now. Men's Breakfast Club, Ladies Bible Class, uh, Young Adults, uh, 55 Plus. Uh, it's a crocheting knitting group, heartfelt friends uh, group, grandmother's cards. These are all existing groups that currently exist. Okay, and what we will probably do is reach out to them to see if they they want to to embrace the, the idea of, of a small group and the five biblical principles. Some of which they may be already doing. Uh, here are some new groups that we wanted to to target: uh, praise team song group, uh, having a a small group that of people who are basically sing songs and use that as their ministry to, to go out and to encourage and build others up. Okay, uh, Hillcrest group, we've talked a little bit about that. Uh, workplace groups, you can have workplace groups where you where you uh, meet at work. A lot of people, you know, I've seen it several times during my working working years, <laughs> uh, where we a lot of people get together at lunchtime and, and study study the Bible. Uh, Wednesday night, Sunday night, uh, Bible groups. One of the things, you know, elders, we talked about the idea of having some activity on, at those times also during, in the building itself. Because a lot of times, especially on Sunday nights, people be, tra- they'll, they'll be traveling through the city and there's no, and our doors are, lights are off. And, uh, they would like to, to worship. And, and, and so if we have a small group that's operating on a Sunday night, uh, then that would open up that possibility as well. And then there's uh, children's group, teenage group, college group. These are really great groups, uh, uh, especially the uh, the teenage group, because you know, you know, can you imagine having a small group of not just teenagers from Heartland, but pulling from outside as well? Teenagers have friends, and uh, if we have activities that that we invite not only our teenagers but other teenagers, outside teenagers too, that, that, that's giving more exposure. That's the evangelistic side of, of what we're trying to accomplish. We're trying to emphasize just as much uh, reaching out inside as we are outside. Okay. College age group, uh, you know, that would be great. I would love to have a presence on some of the university campuses around town. We could do that. If someone, you know, has a passion for that and has a desire to do that, okay. Uh, let's see. At this time, I'm going to take a quick break. I know I'm going over, so, so bear with me. This is a new program that we're trying to, to kick off. And so I'm going to ask a couple of the guys to come up and just talk briefly about uh, some of the things that they're doing. So, Steve, if you could come on up first. All right. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. I'll try to be as brief and quick as possible. But uh, I want to talk to you about the young adult group a little bit this morning. It's a really great group. Uh, it is, and I'm just being blessed to be a part of it just recently. Uh, it was started by John and Alicia Turner when they were here a couple of years ago. Um, and I was encouraged to join this uh, earlier this year by uh, David Scott, who was leading a wanted to, uh, 
facilitate a particular series and, and asked me to help him. And I was really uh, glad to do that and then became kind of fell in love with this group and, and really want to continue to participate and help facilitate this group. Um, it's, uh, it's a group of married and single young people. We want to include everybody. We don't think it's just our topics are just for marrieds only, but uh, we have a lot of singles in the group. And so I want to encourage everyone uh, of, of you who are young to be in that. Now, what do I mean by young? Uh, I don't know, but it certainly doesn't include me. Um, but, hey, 20s, 30s, 40s, you know, whatever. If you feel young, uh, come to this group. And we're going to talk about life issues. We're going to talk about issues to help you in your walk with Christ. And it is primarily a study group to begin with, but we've also had fellowship activities. Um, and we have just recently started having discussions this last Wednesday night, in fact, on uh, some of the service projects, ministry projects uh, that we want to do. And we want to decide that as a group so we, we can, can determine what different kind of ministries work, fellowship activities that we're going to have together as well. So um, I really just want to, let me see, make sure I got all my notes here. Um, the group, you know, like, as I said, we want to determine our direction together here as we get started. We want to fulfill all the purposes that Stan has outlaid that the elders would like for our groups to fulfill. Um, and I do want to let you know also that we are meeting at Wednesday nights at 7 o'clock. Um, even though the, the groups can be of uh, various times and places, we are meeting at Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. And classes will be available uh, to us. For those of you who are in the group and do have kids, young children, you can rest assured your, your children will have some Bible classes and you can focus on being able to participate in the group as well. So we'd like to invite anyone who fits in the young adult category um, and... Uh, and would like to be involved with us, and we can go out and make a difference in the world. Thanks. Gunnar and I have, uh, we're going to talk about the men's breakfast, which is special for us. We meet at uh, Rock Sands on uh, Tuesdays at 8 a.m. It's kind of early for a retired guy, but we make it. And uh, we start out with uh, making a prayer list. Uh, we each have people that we want to pray for in our life. Uh, we also have many of you that we have on our prayer list. So, and then Dave... David Wynn sends out an email with a prayer list and a little, little uh, uh, blurb about what we talked about that day. So we can refer to that throughout the week to keep on praying for you. We also have a short devotional. We had uh, uh, Jeff came up with the idea of each man that comes to breakfast given a short Devo on uh, the parables. And uh, we've been working on that. Each man is, is, is given one. Uh, it's, it's, so, it's such a blessing. It's like a midweek service for us. Uh, plus, you know, the food really gathers the guys around. Uh, 
And we have a wide variety of people there. This young man here, Gunner, my grandson, four years old comes. He's there most times. He's upset when he can't come. And uh, it goes to what I'll call the senior-senior adults. Some of them senior to me. And uh, we've developed special relationships that we may never have developed here. Uh, Gunner's got somebody that's real special to him. Who's your, who's your, you love to sit by most of us? Charlie. Yeah. Him and Charlie Painter have become great friends and may have never developed that here, but he, he won't sit by anybody but Charlie. So it's really been special. And, uh, it's been a great blessing to us. It's a ministry that, that we really like. So, good morning. Uh, I just want to talk about a couple of groups I would really like to start because I'd really like to be a part of them. So, uh, um, the first one, uh, can everybody stand up for just a second? I know I'm not the song leader, but do I still have that power? Can I make you stand up? <laughs> Thank you. Uh, if you'll just look out that uh, window over there for a second, I know you can't really see it, but just a couple blocks down that hill, there are some apartments that house the Hillcrest Transitional Housing Program. And there are people there uh, every day uh, that are going through the hard work of, of, of changing their lives, of getting their lives on the right track um, with a little help. Um, so uh, you, can, you guys can sit down now. <laughs> So when Jesus describes the judgment in Matthew, uh, what makes you a sheep, he says, is doing small things to help those in need, giving a drink to someone who's thirsty, food to someone who's hungry, showing kindness to a stranger. Uh, I think the reason he chose those examples is that they're small. They're things that anybody can do. They're small things, but they show where your heart is. Uh, they show that you truly love your neighbor. With the Hillcrest ministry, we have an amazing opportunity to do Really small things that that show our neighbors how much we love them. Um, And we get to see through that program the impact that these small acts of love can have on our neighbors. Uh, At Hillcrest graduations, if you've ever been to one, you hear story after story of people whose lives have been completely transformed by just little acts of service and love. This part might get me a little emotional, so try to hold it together. Uh, One woman came up to tell her story um, recently, just a bright, smiling, bubbly, uh, energetic woman. Um, And after she was done, her her Hillcrest case manager came up and emotionally described the woman. Who who had walked into her office two months ago. Three months ago, Uh, a woman who. Who was quiet and timid. A woman who wouldn't lift her head to look you in the eyes. That woman uh, needed more than just a a place to stay for a couple months. She needed to know that God loves her and to see that love through the actions of his people. And when this transformed woman talked about what the program had meant to her, she said about Brandy and Kim and Sharon and Erica uh, people she never, some of whom she never even met. She said, "You guys didn't even know me, and you made a place for me." 
It meant so much to her, that little act of cleaning an apartment, putting some food in it, uh, doing a little extra decorating on Brandy's part. And that's the opportunity we have is to, is to be a little part of transforming somebody's life. So I want to make sure our congregation is doing everything we can to take advantage of that opportunity. Honestly, I want to make the other apartment sponsors look bad by how much we care about our residents. And to do that, I'd like to start a small group um, that can be the heart of that ministry. You know, if, if you if you want to help clean and that's all you want to do, that's fine. But if you feel like you have more of a heart for this ministry, then then uh, I encourage you to join this small group. We could uh, study about service and outreach. We could have fellowship activities and encouragement uh, for each other and for the residents. Uh, prayers for the program, providing meals, of course, and other service for the residents of the Hillcrest program and even for the Hillcrest program. Uh, do things to show how much we appreciate the people that run that program. So if you if you feel like you have a heart for that, for these people, um, just consider joining this group. It's not the structure isn't all formed yet or anything. So you can you can help to determine what it's going to look like if you join. Um, and I promise you, it'll be not a whole lot of time commitment, but very, very rewarding to see the lives that we can change. Uh, the second group I want to propose is a, a work lunch group. It's basically a copy and after the men's breakfast for people who, you know, have to work uh, and can't go to the men's breakfast. But also not necessarily prim- just, not just men. Um, it's just anybody uh, who generally it's aimed at people who work during the week um, but can get away for lunch. Um, it's just a time to fellowship during the work week, encourage each other, share our struggles, inspire each other to love and good works. Um, we could choose a restaurant to meet at each week and try to make it centrally located uh, between whoever's uh, interested in joining. And um, like like Paul was saying, maybe just have a quick uh, Devo, you know, um, and then just pray and, and talk and fellowship with each other. So if you're interested in joining either of those, uh, just let me know and uh, I'd love to have you. So thanks. I know we're over, so I'm going to just go through this real quick and, and go ahead and close. What's being handed out is a summary of everything that I've said here and in the, in the last couple of points that I want to make here real quick. Uh, real quick, the organizational structure that we're, we're proposing uh, very, very, uh, simply be that the, you know, our reach groups will be our di- desires to have a point person uh, take the lead of this. But for right now, until uh, we can, the eldership can establish someone to do that or that's suited for that, the elders will take responsibility for making sure that this thing moves forward. So we're not going to pass the baton to anybody until we know it, it's, it's going to continue to move forward in a way that we want it to. Uh, uh, each group will have a host. Uh, each groups will coordinate with, uh, the, obviously, the point person. And the groups can meet any day of the week, anywhere, church building and homes, coffee, uh, coffee houses, restaurants, and so on. Uh, host qualifications. Very simple. Uh, someone who's accepted Christ as their Lord and the Savior, been baptized, someone who has a passion for it. Uh, we're not going to force something on anybody or assign anybody anything. We want people who have a desire who want to do it. And then uh, agrees to, to embrace the five biblical principles and is willing to complete any training that's required. And uh, host characteristics, uh, someone who listens to God daily, empowers members to share uh, group responsibilities, have a heart of a shepherd, engages in continuous personal development, the ability to encourage members to become hosts, 
uh, leads their group with humility, willing to invest their time in others and praise consistently for their group. And then finally, we're going to, the elders, this is more of a list for the elders to be responsible for, to make sure the groups are functioning well. Schedule regular meetings with the small group hosts and schedule activities uh, for, the, for the small groups themselves, the specific events that will help build them up and encourage them. Uh, schedule an annual campaign of growth for, the new sm- for, for new small groups. A lot of times, that's how we get our growth in our small groups is by uh, annual campaigns. That's what a lot of other communities and congregations have done. And so we want to, to follow that same practice, not to say that we can't continue to add during the course of the year. But also training and development activities, maintain access to the list of available resources, uh, develop and maintain a reporting format for, for each of the, the hosts. And then, obviously, at the end, what's next? What we would like you to do is think about, read the, the, the document I gave you. It's only a, a page, one, two pages, front and back. Uh, but take a look at it and think about it. Think about something that you have a passion for something that you're interested in. Uh, and uh, if, it, if it already exists, go ahead and we'll help you move to that group. If it doesn't exist, let's see about, uh, we'll be talking to you about the possibilities of getting something established in that area, okay? So with that, you know, that's what we wanted to share about uh, our REACH program. So we want to reach out to people, uh, reach out to you, reach out to those outside our congregation. This is how we grow as a congregation. And the elderships, uh, this, we've talked about small groups here recently in the last year, a couple of years probably, uh, and uh, we want to get this kicked off and get it started. So uh, that brings the presentation to a close. Uh, I never want to close without extending an invitation. If there's someone here who has a, a need for prayer or have a special need, uh, please come now as we stand and sing.